All right. Welcome back, everybody. On the show today, Cheryl Hyatt. Cheryl Hyatt has over 20 years of executive search consulting experience. Uh, Cheryl has been responsible for sexually, successfully recruiting senior administrative professionals for educational and nonprofit organizations. Um, and today we're going to be talking about uh, three ways to strengthen employee retention. And, you know, this has been a big thing. Uh, people were talking about employees who are not engaged and losing employees. And we started something new on the show today. So if you want to talk to me after the show, you can text me here. Um, if you have questions, if you want to get in touch with Cheryl and you forgot her, her, uh, her dot com, which we're going to put on the, uh, on the show later on, you can just reach out to me at 602-560-7981 via text only. Uh, other than that, let's get the party started. I'm excited to have Cheryl Hyatt on the show. Welcome to the show, Cheryl. Thank you very much, Bert. It's a pleasure to be here. I am looking forward to, to talking and to sharing some information about retaining um, employees and how important it is, especially now. Um, it was important six months ago, but now more so than ever. So. Absolutely. Well, you know what? And, and what's interesting to me uh, in the world of marketing, you know, we have this saying that um, the hardest sale you're going to make is that first sale to that new customer. Right. And then so the easiest sale you'll ever make is that second sale to that retained customer and then, you know, it's easier to retain a customer than it is to go out and get a new one because, of, again, there's there's the the process and the expense. And I kind of, you know, to me, that's very analogous with an employee, that it's cheaper to retain an employee than it is to go out and get a new one. Now, of course, sometimes you have to part way for whatever reason and there's nothing you can do. But, it, you know. Most of us who have some good employees, you know, we want to retain them. And, and so I'm excited to have you uh, talk about this because a lot of people think that the reason they're not retaining employees is, is because of the money and money alone. And, and what do you say to that? No, not at all. Um, you know, I hear more often than not candidates telling me that it's not really all about the salary and it's not really all about there's more to the compensation package and a lot of it deals with, you know, how they fit within the organization, no matter what that is, how comfortable they feel. And you're exactly right, Bert, about retaining. It's much better to keep either an employee or you know, a member of a, an organization. I deal with higher education or a student. Um, than it is, and much easier to do that than it is to have to go out and recruit new. So it's important that from the very beginning, from the day someone is hired, you begin that retaining of that um, individual, of that employee. And, and that involves a lot of things. Um, number one is that onboarding, you know, making sure that they are onboarded well, that they feel comfortable within the organization that they're part of that organization and connect them to others there. Everybody, it's everyone's responsibility throughout that organization 
to be able to make new employees feel welcome. And it should definitely go beyond just that initial instruction, right? It's more than just, here's our mission, here's our vision. You have to live that. And then yeah. you also have to take it beyond that as well. Sure, sure. So I want to I want to talk about a couple of points you brought up that I think are very significant. You know, uh, I remember uh, straight out of school uh, going to work for a company and the HR person took me around to to meet almost everybody there. Mm -hmm. And uh, that made a huge impact. Uh, you know, not that I remembered everybody's name. And not that everybody remembered my name, but at least, you know, there were some familiar faces and it wasn't starting necessarily from scratch, you know, because there's there's that excitement when you get hired. And then there's a little bit of dread because now you got to meet these new people and you're not really sure how it's going to go. But having somebody walk you around and introduce you to everybody, especially depending on the size of the company, maybe it's just taking taking you around and introducing to everybody in your department. And so that in itself, I think, is a big thing. And then you mentioned onboarding. Um, you know, I think a lot of companies spend no time on onboarding or training. And it's kind of like shoot from the hip and, hey, today I can't spend a whole lot of time with you because we're running on a deadline. You know, it'll be better tomorrow. But anyway, it's just like right there are some companies, you know, is a misstep. You have to have a very to me, a very, even if it's short, kind of very consistent onboarding process. That way, everybody at least starts off with the same information. And, and it's a continual, right? Yeah. So you're onboarded, but it's not just your first week of work. It's from then on. And they're all living that same uh, motto. And they're all talking about the, the vision for the organization. And they're all, so you can get behind it. Um, I, I'll give you a little secret, what we um, as consultants do. So when we get someone hired, we send them a bouquet of cookies, a cookie bouquet, so that those new employees can walk around, introduce themselves also to the people that are there and say, hey, would you like a cookie? And I'm new and this is how I am. So that there's that connection from day one. And I know, especially now, people are so busy. They're wearing three and four maybe even five hats today, it's really important to have that initial um, start to be right because that way they feel comfortable throughout their whole time at that organization and they're willing to stay a little longer. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love the, the whole idea of a cookie, a bouquet, and what a great way for a new employee to um, – introduce themselves to uh, all the regulars there by, by a little bit of a bribe. I think that's great. It makes it memorable. And, and you know what, that, that to me is a fantastic way to, uh, you know, let, let the guard down a little bit and just kind of have a, a little social interaction there. And, you know, who could say no to a cookie? That's exactly right. That's, that's exactly how we feel. You know what? And then I, I have found that organizations and companies where they have, um, when they work together through some kind of volunteer organization or, you know, even happy hours, you know, once a month, they get together and they start to know each other, not only through their work, but more on a personal level, you kind of feel like you're spending 
sometimes with individuals, you're spending more time with them than you do with whomever is at your home. Right. So you need to know them in, in a number of ways. And I think it's important to, to take that even beyond what happens within the company itself. No, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So uh, you had, we talked a little bit before the show started and you, and we talked about the three ways uh, that, uh, uh, what do you call it? The three ways to strengthen employee retention, it, you know, and we've already talked about onboarding. I don't know if that was one of the three ways. What are some of the other ways to do it? It was. So, you know, the first one was the onboarding, the, the very first day they begin. But then there's other things like um, assuring that they understand the culture of the organization, that you're continually living that motto, that you're talking about it, and that you help people get a clear understanding of who the organization is, what they're doing, what their role is there, and, and assuring that they have the tools that they would need or the people that they can talk to and that they know who's who's doing which role so that they can call upon them if they have any questions. Um, that should come all the way from the president all the way down to, you know, whoever it is that they're sitting right next to or who their cubicle is next to or whatever the case might be. They should know the people that are um, working with them, that are other employees within there. So that's the I like that. So, so you're talking about, you know, really – maybe helping them understand the organizational structure, the, the, the org chart, as they call it sometimes. And, Hey, this is the people you're going to be working with. And this is the guy who's the manager. And this is the guy who's the director and all that kind of stuff. I am. I am. And it should be everyone. Uh, you know, you, sometimes you might need to know where do I get a, you know, a ream of paper for my printer. Oh, yeah. So you know who's, you know, maybe in facilities or who's taking care of the office supplies or, it just helps to have an understanding of the whole organization and then how it works together. I think that's really important. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I remember, um, Hey Devin, I remember, uh, years ago, uh, um, I think I was like 16. So this is about 15 years ago, maybe 17. And I was working for a health club and my job was to, this is before, everything was scannable. But when people walked in, you would ask for their membership card. Mm -hmm. And this guy walked in, I asked him for his membership card and he said no. And he blew right past me. And he was very uh, kind of abrupt about it. Of course, uh, you know, trying to do my job, I followed the guy back there saying, Hey dude, you can't come back here unless you have a membership. And, and the guy says, uh, what's your name kid? And I said, hey, I'm Bert Martinez. And uh, he goes, you know, my name's Carl. I own the gym. That would have been good to know before he came in. <laughs> it would have been nice. You know, here's a picture of the owner. You know, he didn't he didn't work there. He had multiple gyms, so he visited each one. And, and he, got, you know, goes, my name's Carl. You're doing a good job. Keep it up. Yeah, but you're right. It would have been known. It would have been nice to know at least. In case this guy walks in, he's the owner, be cool with him. But either way, uh, you know, because of that interaction, it worked out really good and him and I became friends. Um, but you're right. Uh, you know, again, understanding the organization. Yep. What a simple thing. 
Well, you know what? And, and it's interesting because the example you provided, um, had you known when he walked in, you would have had the opportunity to say, hello, you know, whatever his name is. And it's nice to meet you. I want to tell you I'm a new employee here. And, you know, I'm so looking forward to working here at the gym. And it, all of those things would have benefited you, but at the same time would have benefited the the company itself. Sure. Right? Knowing those kinds of things. So and that really leads to another point, the, the point about incentives. Um, yeah. You know, if you if you own the company or if you are a manager within that company, I really think it's critical. There are several that I work with that provide a photo directory of the individuals within their department. So that would be helpful, right? Knowing and seeing their pictures ahead of time, knowing who they are, that you can relate the face. Um, the other interesting thing is, so if you're going around meeting them and you've had this form that you know about them a little bit, you're able to remember who they are a little better. You know, some people are really lousy with names, but they can maybe make that connection because they've seen it uh, as a picture. Uh, if you are the owner or a manager or, you know, how do you help benefit those employees, right? right. What, granted, everybody loves a raise, right? There's no doubt about that. But especially now it's going to be much more difficult. People are some organizations and some businesses are going to do everything they can just to survive. Right. Necessarily thrive. So how do you provide incentives to employees who have been there and have stood by you? And, you know, there's an incentives change. So what might be a good incentive for someone like you might be different than what I would look for as an incentive. Uh, and, they can be a number of things. People are more, granted, money always helps. But when you sure. do that, can you give somebody some flex time? Can you give somebody the opportunity to take a, a day off? Gee, I need you to be here this Saturday, but you know, feel free to take Monday off or something along those lines so that you're being much more flexible when it comes to those things. Um, you know, There's opportunities for growth, professional development, and, and helping a person move into a, a different role within the company because they can move up. So there are a number of ways to incentivize uh, an employee, but the employee needs to make it known what they are looking for. Sure, sure. And, um, and you know, real quick, back to what you're saying, you know, different incentives for different people, you know, right. Uh, I think one of the incentives out there that that uh, is fairly easy to be flexible with is earn time off. Right. So, you know, typically, you know, if it's your first year there, maybe they give you like a week off. Um, uh, I, I um, was talking to my PayPal representative and he he was about to go on a hiatus. And so uh, PayPal. Uh, for every five years that you're there, I believe it's every five years that you're there, they will give you two months paid time off. Wow. That's a pretty good incentive. Yes, that is. That's what I, you know, think about that. I'm going to take a, I'm going to, I'm going to be gone for two months and I'm still getting paid. Uh, you know, for a lot of people, that's, that's, that's like winning the lottery. It certainly is. 
you know, um, I deal with a lot of uh, higher education institutions, colleges and universities, and they provide sabbaticals so Ooh. that you can go and do some research. You can do some, you know, writing, whatever the case might need to be. And, you know, every so many years you get months off. And that is just a wonderful thing. Now, like I said, though, it's different for every person. Um, if for me, I would not need childcare, but sometimes there's that opportunity for childcare. Um, or, you know, I've gotten all my college loans paid, but sometimes there's that opportunity to be able to do something along those lines. Um, with higher education institutions, usually it's offering incentives there so that they can go back and take classes or they can increase their degrees or whatever the case might be. But I think that managers, hiring managers need to find out what are you looking for. And I think that helps every year when you do a, an evaluation. Yeah. So you're coming up for your yearly evaluation to be able to say, these are some of the things that are important to me in my life. And because no longer is there work and professional life. It's, it's really all combined. And now that we're all working out of the house, it's even worse, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely. Distinguish what is work and what isn't, you know, you get up and you head out your home office and you're suddenly back in your home with children or animals or whatever the case might be. So you really need to, um, to be able to ask those employees or to be able to share if you are that employee, this is something that matters to me. And this is something that's important to me um, and be able to get that, to be able to retain me. Sure. So let me ask you this, because you hit, you said something that uh, I, I want to kind of uh, circle uh, back to, and that is yearly evaluations, you know, and, and of course, when you're working for a big institution or big company, a yearly evaluation makes sense. In your experience, does, does a yearly evaluation make sense even for a small company? So here's here's the problem. I think if you're doing something right or something wrong, you need to have more than just once a year sitting down to find out if you've been doing something incorrectly, whether it's a small organization or a large organization, waiting until the 360 something day of the your employment to tell you that is not the right thing to do. So there needs to be typically quarterly, maybe every six months to be able to sit, especially in a smaller organization. And sometimes it just becomes a matter of having your hiring manager and you go out for lunch to have that conversation. It doesn't need to be formalized. It can be talking about professional growth and where you see yourself. And I think that's really important. Yeah, I like that. It doesn't have to be a big formal thing. It could be, hey, you've been here for a year. Cheryl, let's you and I have lunch and, and you know, and, and hang out for a little bit. And so, yeah, you go out and you have lunch and, and, you you know, maybe as the boss or whatever, the owner of the company, you have three or four questions that you want to ask, but you can do it very informally. It doesn't have to be, you're right. It doesn't have to be some some form and what a triplicate, triplicate uh, that they have to fill out or something like that. And and but I like what you said about uh, making sure, you know, that, you know, everybody's kind of on the same page and see what changes have happened in those 12 months. Because, you know, maybe they now have a loan that they didn't have before, a, a, maybe a, a, a what do you call it, a, a student loan that they 
acquired that maybe they didn't have before. Maybe they got married during those 12 months. Yes, you're aware that they got married, but how has that impacted their, their life? Right. Um, I love the idea of maybe uh, if they have small kids, what are their ages? Where are they at? Oh, they're staying home. Well, you know, again, that is going to impact that employee. Uh, so those are great things to ask in a kind of a, you know, nice lunch type setting. That's right. That's right. And being flexible, you know, if you are, you know, the owner or a manager to be able to be flexible with your employees, it, it means a lot. Uh, yes. And I think that's a great incentive to, to be able to share that kind of information. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I've worked with a lot of small companies and one of the things that um, they all have in common, if, 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 if they've been around a few years, is uh, the flexibility you're talking about. You know, they'll trade time, you know, days here and days there. That's a very common thing. And then um, uh, loans to employees, uh, you know, very common in a small company where, you know, the, the, the employee's been there for maybe uh, some time. He's got a certain level of trust. And the boss, you know, maybe his car breaks down, and and so the the boss might lend him, you know, the money to fix his car because that's better than not having the employee there or having to find a new employee. And so, you know, you you loan some, but you know, it's it's very common for these small companies to make these little loans. That's exactly right. You know, and and when you're a small company, you can do those kinds of things. Yes. Um, and and you can be as flexible as as necessary. And smaller companies have the advantage where you don't have to do the same thing for every person. So it's not like, you know, the cookbook off the shelf and you have to follow it to a T. You can do it for each employee can be different. Yes. Yes. It's important. And the nice thing about if you're the employee working for a small company, the nice thing about that is you're in a situation where you could have a massive impact in that company. You, you know, your idea might change, you know, the way the company goes or, or they might, you know, you, you, might, you come up with a new process that's more efficient, uh, more, you know, what do you call it? Saves the company money. Uh, these are some things that can happen in a small company that, you know, if you're working for Microsoft, you know, you're like this big, you know, and there's like 16 layers above you and your great idea, even though it might be a great idea, may never make a difference. And so what happens is somebody with a great idea working for these big companies, they go off and they start their own company. <laughs> That's right. You know, and you, you actually got it. I, there's a lot of candidates that'll call me and go, you know what I've had, I have two opportunities. I have an opportunity with this company and I have an opportunity with another one. How do I choose? And, you know, my initial thought is there's a number of ways. So you have to fit professionally in both of those, right? Um, where would you have the greatest impact? Because that's what people want to be able to do. You don't, most people don't just want to take a job so that they can just, you know, meander through life and pay their bills. They want to have some sort of an impact on that organization. So where is the greatest impact? And then the second part of that is, and where does, if you're bringing family or you have a family or where will they also have a comfort level? Because, you know, I've, I've made some hires in the past 20 some years where the family wasn't on board 
And if your family, if you're leaving work and you're doing great at work and you walk home and whoever's sitting in that house are not happy, you're not going to be happy in that role. So you want to be successful and it takes both personal and professional in order to be successful at that organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, there's nothing worse than coming home and, you know, mom's not happy. The kids aren't happy or, you know, the reverse. Dad's not happy. The kids aren't happy. You know, it's it, it, it's just not a good situation. Um, you know, so, so I want to talk about this because we're running out of time. Uh, the company that you work for is Hyatt Fennell. Uh, let me pop it up here on the screen again. Uh, so if you have questions, guys, you can reach out to uh, Cheryl and her team. Uh, let's see right here. Hyatt Fennell. So what do you guys do? Um, if I was looking for help in, in the area of recruiting, you know, do you guys take on specific clients? Do you take on everybody? Talk about exactly what Hyatt Fennell is all about. We typically work with um, nonprofits, some for-profits. A lot of our background has been in higher education, but we've also found for uh, other types of organizations, social service agencies. Um, but lately, you know, we have the ability to be able to not only help the client find, and that's really what our niche has been to help the client find whatever position they might be hiring for within their organization. But we've also been successful and have really enjoyed working with individuals who may have come in for one position. And we recognize the fact that that really isn't where their niche is. That really isn't where their passion. And you can hear it when they start talking about where their passion is. And that's what's going to make them successful. You're passionate about something, you're going to be successful. So our working as a coach to be able to help them there, I think, is important as well. I like that. I like it. All right. So, so. In today's world, just about everything is done online. So, you know, you, you apply online, you submit your resume online, and then you hear crickets. So am I better off if I'm looking for my next career move? If I'm, Am I better off going to uh, a company like yours, especially if I'm in the nonprofit sector, versus applying on my own? Because it seems like, you know, again, with all this, all these layers or all these walls that, you know, I hear this all the time. I put out hundreds of applications. I'm not even getting a, a no thank you. And, and it's and so is it better to hire a professional recruiter like yourself to help me get in the door? Um, well, it's if there's an opportunity that the recruiter is hiring for. Not only do you need to apply, but you need to pick up the phone and call. And, gotcha. and maybe even before you apply, because you want to tailor your cover letter to fit. And so you can read what the requirements are, but you also want to call that recruiter to be able to say, what are they really looking for? What are the top three things so that you can relate your experiences to what they're looking for? You know, this is what I've done at this place. And you want to use examples. If you are applying, you want to be able to say, this is how I've increased. You want to use numbers. You know, people are data driven. If you've increased something by 70%, let people know that. Um, and a lot of people don't like to toot their own horn and it's not good to be a sole person. I'm the only one that does all of this. You do right. do it in teams, but you have to figure out how do you word that so that they recognize that you've led a team effort, but it was a team effort or that you've, you know, this was your idea and you helped to start it. 
and get it implemented and then someone else took it over. So it's really important to pick up the phone and call and have conversations with uh, the recruiters to see what are they looking for and, and how can they help. It also creates that one-on-one relationship. So sure. I remember you much more, more Bert, than if you sent me your application and you were applying for, you know, some position within the company. Absolutely. Yeah, I like your idea of picking up the phone, calling ahead. Hey, Cheryl, this is who I am. This is what I've done before. Here's some of the nonprofits that I work for. And and you say, great, sounds like it's a good fit. And then I can customize my my letter and saying, hey, it was great speaking with you. We talked about X, Y, Z. I think I'm a good fit. Let me know. Here you go. Whatever. Uh, Yeah, to me, that makes a lot more sense. You know, because again, all of the stuff that we do online to me, detaches us so much from the, you know, the first decision maker that it's, it's you know, it's very difficult to, uh, to penetrate that. That's right. And, and I do think that given what's been going on over the last several months, competition is going to be very difficult. Yes. And so you want to make sure that you do stand out. And by stand out, I don't mean, you know, print your name in big, bold red letters at the top of the, you know, application. <laughs> because that just looks silly. <laughs> Let me tell you, people do it. Um, but you want to make sure that yours is customized to fit that organization. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. Um, Cheryl, we're out of time. I want to say thank you so much uh, for stopping by. I, work, sorry, I just got fuzzy anyway. But anyway, I want to say thank you so much for stopping by. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have questions, uh, you know, reach out to uh let's see where is it go where did it go uh hyattfinell.com cheryl glad to take care of you i will cheryl thank you so much for stopping by thanks so much bert you take care all right we'll talk to you later Uh uh-huh bye-bye bye-bye Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.